Welcome back to the Unrestricted, folks. I'm Vex. Bulldog absent today, but Bob's with us. What do you say, Bob? I say apparently the week has turned out the way you thought it was. So uh, kind of nailed that. You one, were right, I? didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I said it was going to be the busiest trade deadline that we could remember. And what's the what's the joke about a broken clock? Well, you're right twice a day. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, all signs pointed to it being what it was. Look, <laughs> an absolute atomic bomb got dropped on the NBA, and that's why I had to bring in my man Marcus Valdespino today. Marcus, what's up? Hey, what's going on? I know guys? you're a hoops head, same as me. Yes. Uh, were you just glued yesterday to what was going on? I was glued, and I was glued the previous night when I think ESPN Scott Van Pelt said, oh, we have a Woj bomb, and then they went to commercial, and I was like, and he said, Durant's been traded to the Suns. And I was, and then they just showed like a blank chair. of They were showing they were waiting for Kyrie Irving's press conference. And it was kind of terrible for him to do that like right away, and then they went to commercial. So I was like, I freaked out. So I, I, started, I started texting yeah, people. Course. It, I was like, whoa. And you knew something was probably going to happen once Kyrie left. I, I didn't. Durant's 34 years old. Uh, he wants to win a championship. If this was Durant at 28, 29, maybe he sticks it out with it. Because the Nets, the, the, the cupboard isn't bare, right? No. He's got a lot of young, good talent there. But yeah. 34 years old, get out of there. He wants, he wanted out of there. No doubt about it. And we talked about this last week, Marcus and Bob, um, that we didn't think a Durant trade, that there was enough time to make that big of a deal. But what I didn't think of as I said that last week, and by the way, I kind of stand by that, that Phoenix and the Nets already had the groundwork for this trade pretty much set up last summer because this deal almost happened during the summer. Yes. You know, so they were already, let's say, three quarters of the way down the road for this deal. It probably really didn't take a whole lot of negotiation between the Suns and Nets. Just a crazy owner. Well, that's okay. Bill Simmons likes to call it. New owner syndrome. Mm -hmm. And Matt Ishbia, uh, the brand new owner of the Suns, you know, kicked James Jones, his general manager, in the butt and said, do it. Do it. Pull the trigger. Let's go for it. And now they got him. And they gave away a lot to give him, to get him. Yeah. I mean, a whole lot. But Phoenix has to be the biggest winner at the trade deadline. And now it's it's just a matter of coming through, right? They got to win a championship. It's kudos to James Jones. I don't know if you remember him. Sure. He was a hell of a shooter yeah, in his was. day. But, you know, he knows basketball. I was surprised. Listen, this is one of those trades where it's championship or bust kind of. And they got like a one- or two-year window here. I agree. And, and it sounds good, and let's, you know, for their sake, let's hope it works out. But four future first-round picks and then a couple of players they gave them. And they gave up a lot. They better win this title or next year or it doesn't it doesn't look good it could be the nets all over again which is so scary like here's the thing for kevin durant and he is one of the pantheon players that the league has ever had you want to say top 15 okay top 20 i'd say for sure he's top 20 to ever play like he has never had a situation where he's been happy he is 34 years old yeah he is single and he has no kids how the hell can you not be happy, Kevin Durant? <laughs> he got screwed over by a couple of bad dudes, Ben Simmons, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, yeah. in reverse order of bad dude there, by <laughs> right. the way, uh, with that Nets situation. And look, what we thought was going to be a super team in Brooklyn was nothing. They won one playoff series. And now we think that Phoenix is the next super team. Right. Well, Let's not be so sure. If, if you're a Nets fan, are you like, Looking for a psychiatric facility to deal with your depression now? Honestly, no. This is one of the rare trades where I think both teams won. I swear to God, Sean Marks and the rest of the Nets 
are thrilled to have they, Kyrie Irving gone. They accumulated their draft picks again, they which did. they lost. They did. Now, they may be low draft picks. If Phoenix, listen, Phoenix wins the title. Okay, those draft picks are going to be 30 and whatever, 20. Yeah. But mm-hmm. once those guys, they have the fourth. I bet that third and fourth year, they're gonna, those picks are going to come back to the, Absolutely. To the pack. Chris Paul will be retired. So Kevin Durant will be older and maybe moved along. Yeah. yeah. Kudos to, yeah. And that. they get two automatic starters in Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges. They do, yeah. Uh, so, like, look, they have a nice and, nucleus. It's and, not bad. And, and Cam Thomas, people say he's come out of nowhere. But I, I, I tell you, I, I'm a gambling person. And about two months ago, uh, I think I bet on the Pacers because somebody told me, a friend of mine said, the Nets have nobody now. And then Cam Thomas dropped 40-something. <laughs> yep. And I said, yeah, he's pretty good. This was like a couple of months ago. So he and he's their former first-round pick, so it's not out of nowhere. Um, the, yeah, like the, 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 the cupboard is not bare. They have some stuff there. Yeah. And, like, where they sit in the Eastern Conference in the top six, look, are they going to take a dip? Oh, sure. Yeah, I would think so. But I don't think they're going to dip all the way out of the play-in games. Right. Like, Mikael Bridges is a show-up every night yeah. and give you 20 kind of guy, especially with those surroundings. I, look, I think they'll take a dip, but it's not that bad. And, and, and Harris is Joe Harris? Yeah. I think he's, and I'm not, this isn't hyperbole, I think he's the top 10 shooter in the world. I'm talking about yeah. in the world. If I had to pick 10 people to shoot a jump shot, a 25-foot three-pointer with a second left on the clock, Joe Harris would be in my top yeah, 10. Yeah, he would be. Yeah. Look, it's, it's, it's not a bad roster. I would say that, that one part for Sean Marks that I can't believe that he still swung the deal without getting back DeAndre Ayton. That the Suns were able to keep Ayton in this mega deal for Kevin Durant is really amazing to me. You hit it right ahead because a friend of mine asked, "What? Well, what, what did they get?" And he was, he was, he said, "Is Aiton in the deal?" And I said, "I don't think so." And then he said, "Well, you know, I, I, I know the Nets got their picks back, but then the Suns won, yeah, because they, they, they kept their seven foot guy who is eventually going to have to get in the face of Nikola Jokic yes. and make things tough on him. Absolutely. If they don't have that guy, then I don't know. I don't, I don't know. They couldn't be the, right. they couldn't be the team that we expect them right, to be, frankly." Right. I mean, that that is huge for Phoenix, that they were able to keep him. And now they're the favorites in the West. They're the second favorite, uh, looking at the numbers, looking at the gambling numbers, second favorite to win it all. Boston is still plus 325. Uh, Phoenix is at plus 400. Milwaukee at plus 550. I think people are sleeping mm-hmm. on Milwaukee a little bit, maybe just a little bit. But I think, honestly, the Nets and Phoenix are both winners. Uh, one of the losers at the deadline, I would say it's the Dallas Mavericks. Sorry, Mavs fans. Actually, sorry, not sorry. I can't stand the Mavericks. Um, I think Luka's a hell of a ball player, but you just bought yourself a three-month headache for a first-round pick that, you know, who knows if he's even going to resign there. I think Mark Cuban was feeling a lot of pressure. I don't know if you the, the talks out of Dallas were – they were actually making billboards saying, you know – uh, Luca, and then like a house, like empty, empty with nobody as nobody, and that was kind of surprising to me because I thought Spencer Dinwiddie send help now, yeah, send help now. Yeah. I thought Spencer Dinwiddie would be better. I thought Tim Hardaway would be better, but they, they just weren't. I'm glad Spencer Dinwiddie is back with the Nets. I think he can take over games. I actually think the Eastern Conference is a little bit easier to take over games than the Western Conference, so I think Spencer is back at home, which which is good. Um, but yeah, Mark Cuban was under a lot of pressure to get somebody, get a name to help Luca to take the pressure off, and he won in that regard. He's going to put butts in the seats. That's what this guy's worried about oh, as yeah. well. He's already. It seems like he's one of those owners that does he want to win? Sure, but it's like he's got his 2011 championship in his back pocket, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so he's 
it, 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 like I said, it's not like he wants to win, but he needed a name. That you just said, Dallas Maverick fans. Sorry, but you, you're not. You know, you're I'm not, not going to go. In, you're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, that put butts in the seats. That got people rejuvenated over there. When you have a talent like Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic to say, "Here, your turn, my turn." Now, usually, your turn, my turn doesn't work in the NBA to win a title. Yeah. It's fun for the regular season, kids. Yeah. But you know, eventually, that will wane out. Probably in the second round, they might win a first round. Second round, they they should be done. I. That's old school. Now, this is a make-or-miss league. If they make it to the Western Conference Finals, that would be a miracle. That means that Kyrie and Luka were just unbelievably on yeah. fire. I don't think they make it past the second round, but what it does for this type of owner, Mark Cuban, it puts butts in the seats. It does mm-hmm. that, and it puts them back in the headlines in Dallas, which is also important to them. Look, Kyrie and Luka on the offensive end, that could be magic. They also have to play defense, yeah. and Kyrie doesn't do a whole lot of it. Luka doesn't do a whole lot of it. They just let go of Dorian Finney-Smith, who was their best defensive yeah, player. Like, I just don't know how that's going to work. You mentioned um, uh, Dinwiddie going home. You want to know one of the weirdest coincidences about yesterday's trade deadline? How many guys went back to a team where they began? Knock <laughs> yeah. Pirtle. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John and Wall. He, and he went back a much better player. But, yeah, John yes, Wall. true. I forgot John Wall was in the league, but he went home. He, sure. Yeah, he okay. went home. D'Angelo Russell, back to the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Uh, I think I might even be missing a couple. Yeah, you're probably missing a couple. Yeah, like, a couple there are a lot around. of guys that wound up going back from whence they came. Look, I, I think Dallas is in big trouble if they think they're going to win the West, particularly because Phoenix just played an ace of spades, right? Yeah. When you get a Pantheon player, and I, I was listening to somebody earlier today, only three of the real top, top, top players in the history of this league have ever been traded during their prime. Wilt, twice. Kareem, um, Barkley, yeah, Barkley, yeah. yeah, and that's pretty much it. LeBron, he no, no, traded. that's right, no trades. Yeah, traded. he just he, moved. He left him free agency. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, only three of them have ever been traded, uh, and now four with Listen. Kevin Durant. It, you know, who wins these every single time? The, the team agent? That, no, the <laughs> team that gets the big talent, the team that gets the pantheon okay. guy every single time. And uh, to be, let's be. Uh, I don't like Kevin Durant like as a person. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, when he made fair. the jump to the to the Warriors, yep. I thought that was a chicken shit move, and I yep. just, I just, I just, I hated it. Right, but I'm gonna give Kevin Durant a lot of credit here in terms of when he came back from his Achilles injury. I thought that he might, you know, come back with Achilles injury and be a Clay Thompson because he can't, he can't didn't have the lateral movement. He, sure. He's not gonna be able to play his defense as well as as he has, or go to the back at it. Go, go, excuse me, go to the basket as strong as he, that, that he has. Yep. And I thought he'd be well if he comes back and just a Clay Thompson, a shooter, come off screens and gets twenty three a game. I thought that'd be pretty good coming yeah, off that that, that Achilles sure. at his age. Sure. He came back stronger than ever, better than ever, and an MVP candidate. I I'm, I'm proud of him for that. Yeah. I got to give him all the credit in the world. And I guess that's why you do give up four first round picks. That's why you go get mm-hmm, that guy. Right. And by the way, sneaky Phoenix Suns move. Um, just on the periphery of everything, they let go of Dario Saric to Oklahoma City. And they got back Darius Baisley, who is a lanky son of a gun, who I promise is going to play important minutes uh, for the Suns. Suns thin on the bench, but Baisley's going to help them. 6'9", moves, moves his feet, moves can play well. defense. You can never have enough. If you have your star players, right, 
I want the six nine guy that's gonna dunk stuff back yeah. in. Uh, 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 with Kevin Durant, they can't do everything all the time. On the break, uh, uh, Basie's gonna get it and dunk yeah, it. Like, go yeah, back, go yeah. back, go back door Absolutely. when everybody's staring Absolutely. at Kevin Durant. Absolutely, Absolutely. And he's there, a nice and, little player. And by the way, there, there's no more Akeem Olajuwon's and Tim Duncan's and to protecting the rim anymore. That's you, right. You, you're gonna, it's either a three or a go to the basket and dunk. So no that's doubt. what Basie's gonna do. Okay, I, I've read a bunch of winner loser sort of uh, things that are on the internet mm-hmm. uh, from everybody from the Ringer to the Atlantic, everybody. And I seem to be different than kind of everybody. You are different than everybody. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just a little. The Lakers, I thought were a huge, huge winner yesterday. Um, no? No? Look, they got they dumped Russell Westbrook. Who, they, who, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's actually Sunday. But, yes, this week. Uh, they dumped Russell Westbrook, who was, according to reports, a vampire in their locker room. Yeah. Okay. And they get rid of the headache. They only give up one of their two future first-round draft picks. And they get back a ton of help. Mo Bamba, not much help. Jared Vanderbilt, a lot of help, a lot of energy, good shot blocker, great offensive rebounder, energy guy who I think can really help the Lakers because they don't have a lot of energy guys. They get D'Angelo Russell, who's been a pain in the ass everywhere. But one thing he can do is stand around and shoot. And you get Malik Beasley, who can really fill it up. They just I like found Malik. themselves a bench. I like Malik. Which they didn't have. They never had a bench. Now they have one. This is interesting for the Lakers. I remember your take on Mo Bamba coming out of the draft, and you said he didn't have one skill set desirable for the NBA. And I thought that was pretty harsh. But you kind of ended up being right because he, he he actually didn't. And he just recently and he's developed a three-point <coughs> shot, which is uh, – Neat. Uh, a little weird. To go by your, adi- you know, to say that they did well, uh, you know, at, at this trade deadline, if you're going to, and you have, obviously you have to factor this in addition by subtraction. Yeah. Getting rid of the, whatever the guy vampire. said, the, van- the guy said vampire. Um, then, yeah, then they did do well. If you're going to get rid of Russell Westbrook. I, my thing with D'Angelo Russell is, yeah, I thought that he'd be a lot better. Me like, too. You know, I, I just. I was high on him. And, and when you watch the playoff game with he and, 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 and Cat and, uh, and, and and Anthony Edwards, he kind of just faded faded away in the playoffs, and that really that's still you know I'm I'm a person where you, you do that one time, and I don't really need to see it. Too. You fade away like that, like Wiggins has faded away in the playoffs. His one shot, he he was an all star, and he faded away in the playoffs. Almost like played like a bum, right? Yeah. But then he goes to Golden State, culture change. Yep. He's starting to play. He plays better, right? But but yeah, D'Angelo Russell was one of those guys where he just faded away, and I, I guess they did get better. Yeah, to the addition by mm-hmm. subtraction, but. It wasn't. I don't think it was like. Oh my God! What do you think they're going to do in the West? I mean, it's not like. Oh my God! They got better. Like they're so going. So gonna... they didn't just become the favorite. <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. right. But look, they were by all accounts a dead team dead. when LeBron uh, broke the scoring record on Tuesday night. Like, yeah, he had a nice moment, but that team in that locker room was kaput. They were going yeah. nowhere. All of a sudden, you get this thing that LeBron has done in a lot of stops. He did it in Cleveland. He did it to a lesser degree in Miami. And he's doing it again here where he says during the season, hey, all these bums that I'm playing with are bums. You got to go get me help. And the did- bums who are in the locker room with him are like, hey, you're, you're talking about me, yeah. right? So they get pissed off. But what LeBron, what LeBron accomplished in Cleveland when he did that was he made management go out and get an overhaul. I remember they brought in Larry Nance and – Forget who the other guys were, yeah. but they were, you know, peripheral players, not necessarily important. 
but it brought a whole new attitude to the locker room. And with about 30 games left, I'm looking at the Lakers saying, these 30 games are a sprint for them. And if well, they can get their shit together in those 30 games, change mm-hmm. their attitude, you know, it's basically a new roster. God, anything's better than the disrespectful game they played when LeBron James uh, broke Kareem's scoring record. OKC, and I, had, I actually had to call my wife to the TV in yeah. the last five minutes of the game. OKC was walking to the basket and laying it in. Like, there was literally, it's, you talk about Olay. It was the one of the worst things I ever seen. They'd come down. As, I mean, it was. I mean, that's kind of the new NBA a little bit. There's not as much good, good as defense. But the as Lakers looked like they had quit. They it really looked did. Really bad. Yeah, I agree. They looked like a dead team Tuesday night. Yeah. They really did. Other than LeBron, who was kind of out there for himself. Um, I have this as a winner. Your San Antonio Spurs, brother. They got a first round draft pick back for Jakob Pertl. <laughs> yeah. Okay, absolutely. that is a big deal. And yeah, it's top six protected, but that's. That's minimal, minimal protection. Oh in my God! NBA. It's a good thing it wasn't one through sixteen protected. That's I was a, expecting I'll, that. Yeah, at least we're going to get a, probably a seven through twenty pick, which could, could be you know could be up there nine ten. And in that in that next year's draft, I've heard that these next three drafts are going to be pretty special, even with some second round picks. It could be first round talent. So that is a great take. The NBA talent pool has never been this deep. Getting all of these second round picks, late first round picks. I think is brilliant for the teams that are amassing them because you're in the gyms around San Antonio and you see the, the AAU spotlights on TV, the depth of talent of basketball players and it's worldwide. It's not just American has never been deeper. Okay. I want as many bites at the apple as you could possibly give me. Right. So to get a fistful of second round picks from new Orleans uh, for Devontae Graham uh, Mm -hmm. or sorry for Josh Richardson, Devontae Graham comes back to us. Look, I like Devontae Graham. He's okay. Doesn't really move the needle for me. Josh Richardson goes out, but it's that handful, a fistful, five, right? Five? Yeah. Five second-round picks. It's amazing for the San Antonio Spurs. And, by the way, just going back to the Lakers, remember the Lakers only gave up one first-round pick for Malik Beasley, Mike Conley, who was going in a different direction, but he was in the trade, uh, and Jared Vanderbilt. Those three guys from Utah right. only got Utah a first-round pick. All the Spurs had to give up was one dude, Jakob Bertel, who they probably weren't going to be able to keep in the summer anyway. Now, now the Spurs are yeah. Pick. Now the Spurs are set up. Now they are going. They're probably only going to have one first-round pick next year, but it's a big deal because it's going to be uh, you know the, the ping-pong ball is maybe one, two, or three, which yep. gives them a fourteen percent chance. Where you don't want to be in next year's draft is the fourth best team because then your odds go from 14% to 10%. And so you probably won't end up with the number one pick. So we got to stay in that top three. And it's a race to the bottom between the Rockets, Hornets, and Spurs, and I think one other team. But it's – it's it, we're, we're, Yeah, there's a couple other teams that at the deadline decided that they wanted to be part of that. Right. I think Utah is one of those. But Utah did too much winning early in the season. No, they can't, they won't they be can't one get of them. that low. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you mention Orlando? They're on the periphery of yeah. being that bad. Right. Uh, but really, it's, yeah, I mean, there's Charlotte, definitely. Houston, definitely. Well, Spurs, we, for we, sure. We've talked about this before. The Rockets are too talented to be in that bottom, but 
uh, they're losing some of these games really close. They're like, you know, you're not going to go out there and tell your team, hey, go out there and lose. What you're going to do is you're going to put a, a product on there that's probably not going to be successful. But it's hard to do that with the Rockets because even if you're sitting some guys, the guys that are coming in are really talented. I mean, and how are you going to tell Jabari Smith not to go out there and ball? How are you going to tell, for example, uh, Bancara, Orlando? Yeah. They're going to go out there and ball, and they're winning you games. Yes, and so. So what you do is you you put the you deactivate this guy you 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 trade away Jakob Pertle so there's no offensive rebounding yeah. <laughs> you trade away Josh Richardson because once in a while Josh Richardson can hit you thirty and oh good. oh damn we won the game yes so you don't you get rid of those guys and it's who you deactivate before the games I think the Spurs did a good job of almost assuring themselves at the trade deadline yeah. of being a bottom three team right. speaking of Houston what the hell are they doing they had Eric Gordon he was wanted by a number of teams. They ship him to the Clippers, and they just get a couple second-round picks. What are you doing? Like, shouldn't they be able to get something better for Eric Gordon than that? Uh, he's a little up there in age. Yes. I, I mean, I think that's I think that's why I loved Eric Gordon. <clears throat> Excuse me, Eric Gordon coming out of college. I thought he was just fabulous. I thought he was going to be maybe a five- or six-time All-Star. Now, you know, he, he did he make it once or twice? Maybe, maybe once. I'm not maybe. sure. But he's a career 17 points per game. He's a pretty, yeah, good, pretty good player. But a, he's getting up there in, the, in, in age. That's why they didn't get too much. He's kind of a can't-miss guy when he's open, too. You I'm know? surprised he he went. He, he's been floundering there in Houston. Why wouldn't that guy want to? I'd, I'd be like, get me out of here. Give me to a. Uh, he could be a missing piece to a contender, and he's floundering in there in Houston for the last few years. So now he goes to the Clippers. Okay. And I have the Clippers on my. I have no idea whether this is going to work or not. Team list. Okay. I got three teams on that. On the. Yeah, I saw your moves, but I'm not sure I know what you're thinking because this may not work. I got Clippers, Bucks, and Denver on that list. Clippers got Bones Highland for two second-round draft picks. Holy crap, that is so cheap for a guy as good as Bones Highland. I'm Bones like, is, did the Spurs yeah. phone not ring on that? Yeah. Or is it that Bones Highland is such a head case that the Spurs just didn't want him? Because if you can't play with Nikola Jokic, if you're unhappy yeah. playing with Jokic and Jamal Murray and all where the ball slings around the way it does in the beautiful game that they play, if you're unhappy there... Man, forget it. You ain't going to be happy in San Antonio. It's got to be between the years with Bones because he's such a, a high talent. Yes. And he, he, might, he might come to the Spurs, and he might be one of those where, hey, Bones went off tonight, and we won the game. We weren't supposed to, so <laughs> don't get Bones. <laughs> okay, so maybe that's why we didn't go get him, right? Yeah. So the, the Clippers get Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, and Mason Plumley. Okay, uh, Bones Highland is basically a one-on-one player. Eric Gordon plays the exact same position as – Kawhi Leonard as Terrence Mann as like I don't see how he's going to fit into their rotation. Well, Bones is going to replace Reggie, so that's pretty much the same Reggie Jackson. That's they pretty much the same that. production. I mean, they needed to yeah. have that right because yeah. getting Reggie ready, Reggie Jackson was kind of weird to me. He was so good for them in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that that look to be determined for you guys, Clippers, yeah. because they have a roster that can compete on a, any given night with anybody, but. I, I don't know how those guys, chemistry-wise, are going to gel. The Bucks didn't make any big splash, which isn't surprising. But they do bring in Jay, Jay Crowder, who's a proven playoff guy, um, you know, a, a, a four-man who can space the floor. I think that's a nice addition. I don't know if that was enough because Jay Crowder hasn't played ball all year, and the last we saw him play in the playoffs last year, he wasn't very good. So I don't know. Listen, the Milwaukee Bucks, when they're clicking and they're and and they're going, they're a machine. And Giannis Antetokounmpo is a machine. He is, and they just kill you downhill. They'll kill, kill you defensively. I think 
the way they've advanced in the playoffs, and we've we've been Spurs fans, so we know we know the grind. Eighty-two game season, then they won the title, and then they, they get all the way to with the Eastern Conference Finals, whatever. It is a grind for them. They're just playing out the string. Did you watch? Milwaukee played the Lakers the other night. Milwaukee beat them by nine, and they went through the motions. Really? I mean, it was just easy for them. Holy smokes! I mean, there was there was a couple of times where Chris Middleton got a rebound and he threw the ball back up with a turnaround. Nobody was even in his face. Mm. Like if he was playing twenty one outdoors <laughs> with his brother, they were told it was they were they were. Now Giannis went downhill and he he had to do that. But some of the Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, they they looked disinterested. They were letting, they were letting the Lakers score. It was just, I, I mean, they they could have lost that game last night and being disinterested. I think they're getting ready. When, when they gear up for that playoffs and that playoff start, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are a machine and they will turn it on. I love that they added Joe Ingles in oh, the offseason. Yeah. He's been huge for them. Yeah. The Bucks are totally, utterly slept on. And the fact that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving just left their conference yeah. is a huge mm-hmm. help to them. I mean, yeah, they still got to get through Boston. That's going to be a bitch. Cleveland might be a sleeper over in the East. Yeah. But really, truly, the Bucks are just the most... Not, uh, you know, ignored team, ignored great team in the entire league. I have Denver on my, I don't know if you did enough list, right? Like when the Kevin Durant move happened in the middle of the night, I thought that every team in the West was going to go absolutely batshit trying to beef themselves up. I was expecting Golden State. I was expecting Denver to all make seismic moves. And Denver has some guys that could make those kind of moves because they've got Kevin Porter Jr. They've get, they had Bones Island. I thought that they were going to make a big package deal to get in Bradley Beal, something like that. They didn't. Instead, all they get is Thomas Bryant from the Lakers, who's a nice player and a good backup for the minutes that Jokic isn't on the floor. By the way, the, the numbers on Jokic on, on the court, off the court, are the worst in the NBA. Denver goes to absolute <laughs> shit when he steps off the court, which isn't surprising, right? That's why. He, that's good. why he's got to hit the bench when they're up ten. Yeah. So he gets back in. They're only down two. Yeah. <laughs> a twelve. They, they lost twelve points. I like the. I like the Bryant move. This guy's a, a, a running the floor, grabs your rebounds. He doesn't rebound as well as I think he should, but he's a good rebounder. The the guy flies. He can. You know, I mean, you give him on the ball on the break. It's Dunk City. What if What if the GM of the Denver Nuggets sat down and told you, hey? I think we're good, and I think this chemistry is great. I think we have – I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to take away shots from Jamal Murray. He's getting back into rhythm from his yes. injury. Porter's playing nice. I like the way Aaron Gordon is getting in, in into the flow. I like the way him and Jokic are doing their They're thing. Good together. We want to see how good we can do. Um, uh, you know, we understand that Durant just made the move, but we think with our chemistry and our ball movement remember, – remember, Jeff, there's only one basketball. Yes. And so Denver does pretty well with that one basketball. Yeah. And maybe they're saying, hey – we think we're good enough to win it. Watch us. I can respect that. And maybe he's playing the long game a little bit, too, because they are on a very different timeline than are these sons, right? These sons are approximately 35 years old. Kevin Durant's 34. You know, Chris Paul's 38. But they're on a much older timeline. And, yeah, the Nuggets, they got, they got a bright future ahead of them. Um, here's my WTF list. In other words, what the fuck were y'all thinking? The Chicago Bulls. You are not good. You're bad, okay? And you didn't. You were neither a buyer nor a seller. They're one of only two teams that didn't make a trade. Can you believe that, by the way? Only two teams didn't make a trade at this deadline. 
I well, promise you that's never there happened. There goes your craziest <laughs> uh, uh, draft. I mean, the, the trade deadline, craziest trade deadline. Only there you two. go. Only two. Only, only Cavs two. And, Cavs and Bulls. Now, the Cavs, I kind of understand because I think the Cavs like where they're standing. Um, I do, too. I bet you do, too. I do. A okay, lot. Okay. Like, the Cavs are a sleeper out in that Eastern Conference. I am a little surprised that the Cavaliers didn't go after um, Bogdanovich from Detroit. I think he would have made a really nice fit for them at the three spot. And speaking of that, Detroit, you're in my what the F column. Why didn't you trade Bogdanovich? He's 30 years old. He's not on the timeline of Cade Cunningham and Jalen Duran and everybody else. Why didn't you trade him? You could have gotten a first rounder from anybody for him. That, that made no sense. He could be a missing. He's 6'8 and can shoot the ball. Uh, he's not like his brother. His brother's a 6'6 guard that can ball handle and can beat you off the dribble. Yeah. This Bogdanovich you're talking about yeah. is a standstill shooter and plays okay defense. He could have been a missing piece for a title contender. Wouldn't you have loved yeah. to have had him as the three-man in, in Cleveland? Yes. Holy cow, he would have been perfect Absolutely. There. Yeah. Um, continuing And, and real quick line. on the, on the yeah. Bulls, they're the most disappointing team to oh, me sure in the are. NBA. Sure you got DeRozan are. and Vucevic and... And, uh, and uh, Ball and, when and, he's healthy and, and Levine. And, and Levine and... They're disappointing to where they're at right now. They could have I don't even. They're, they're not even five hundred. I don't think. No, don't, they're not. They're they're probably going to miss the play-in. Yeah. Okay, that's how bad they are. Yeah. And you have Levine, who other teams want. You have DeRozan, who you know other teams would love to have. Like these are pieces that people would give up a lot of assets for, and you just sat on it and said, "No, we're good. We're good being bad." What are y'all doing, Detroit? By the way, who I mentioned just a minute ago. You know why didn't you trade Bogdanovich? You also brought in James Wiseman, who is, you know, look, that's interesting. Maybe he's got a great upside. He also plays the same position as all of your other young guys. And Jalen Duran, Beef Stewart. Uh, like, that's yeah. all they got And over D- there. Detroit got rid of their best shooter, Sadiq Bay. Yes, and for and, not and, enough. And, and yeah, not enough. And, man, Sadiq Bay, there's some nights where that guy don't miss. I know. He I does not miss. For and and, 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 and uh, for the Atlanta Hawks to get him. The Atlanta could be on the up. I it mean, could be. I, I I don't like how they play sometimes, but um, I, I think they got too many one-on-one players. But, hey, they, they could be on the way up with Sadiq Bay because they need him to stand in the corner. Hey, I'm in yes. trouble. Boom. You got it. Not nail it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, the, the weirdest thing about Sadiq Bay to Atlanta, Atlanta's like the one team that I don't think needed him. Like, you know who yeah. I think needed Sadiq Bay? Hmm. Golden State. Ooh. Golden State yeah. would have been nice to have him – as uh, next yes. to Draymond, sliding in for Draymond yeah. sometimes. He would have been really nice. And as soon as Clay, Clay Thompson come, goes to the bench, you bring in Sadiq, and you don't lose a whole lot. Right. Boston would have been nice for Sadiq Bay. Yeah. But Atlanta, um, A.J. Griffin has turned, into, has turned himself into a knockdown shooter uh, for Atlanta. They got Hunter, who's a nice shooter. And I love nice DeAndre player. Hunter. Me too. Like, I, of all the teams, and, and I love Sadiq Bay. Why would you want to go there? I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> uh, more losers. Toronto. Hey, Toronto, you're not good either. You're just like the Bulls. Yeah. You got talented players that other teams want. You're a middling 500 team. You're going nowhere fast in the Eastern Conference, and you were neither a buyer nor a seller, except for that you did take on Jakob Pertl, who you're going to lose in the summer. Hey. What the f- what are y'all thinking? M- Messiah Jerry is doing his Mark Cuban. I got my championship in my back pocket, and I'm, a- and I'm just going to ride this thing out, and we'll see what happens in the offseason. Maybe that is what it is. Because I, when, 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 when you, when you, right, he is. But when you, 
these guys, is, when you get a title, some of these franchises kind of rest on that for a while. Like, and, and then they're not pressure from the fan base. Oh, you got to get another one right now. And sometimes you get a championship. These guys coast mm-hmm. until they get good again. They, they're not really like, oh, my God, we got to win it every year like some organizations. You and I have loved Fred Van Vliet since Wichita State. Man. He's been great. He's totally underrated in this league. Man. And he's not working right now for Toronto. It's not giving them enough. There are teams all around this league. The Clippers, for instance. How good would the Clippers have been if they had added Van Vliet instead of Bones Highland? Holy cow! They if, would have if, been terrified. If Kawhi Leonard had an IQ, he'd walk up to the uh, he'd go up to the general manager. He'd walk <laughs> in the owner's office and say, "Get me Fred Van Fleet, and we'll win a championship." Yeah, because we've done that before. You think, you think Kawhi did that? No, probably Hell not. no. No, I mean yeah. Van Fleet was coveted all around the league, and they didn't move him. Uh, same with uh, uh, OG Ananubi. Everybody wanted him. They didn't yeah. move him. I don't get it. Siakam could have gotten a huge haul. I mean, like. Not uh, quite the Durant deal, right. but but something just. Got but, two. Yeah, they could have gotten two first round you picks. Possibly could have if you if, if if a team out there really thinks that Pascal Siakam <laughs> is the missing piece, um, you know, send it, him to Miami, maybe something yeah, like you're, that. You know, you're getting a first round pick for sure. Absolutely, yeah, probably two. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, like I I don't know what Toronto's doing. They're going to be bad again. Minnesota, they win by subtraction because D'Angelo Russell is gone, and that did not work. But Minnesota, if you're going to give away D'Angelo Russell and you're going to bring back Mike Conley, who's on his last leg, oh man, and you have Cat up front alongside Gobert and his albatross of a contract, you had to find a way to attach Carl Anthony Towns to a deal to reset your franchise. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns would have looked nice in New York. Mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns would have looked nice with the Golden State Warriors. Oh yeah, I mean. Hell, you could have you could have taken the gamble on Weissman. You probably could have gotten Pool too, if you had sent Carl Anthony Towns to Golden State. What are y'all doing up there, Minnesota? It, no, it's it's the organization. I mean, it's it, it, I call it. I, I hate to use this word to, with these guys, but they're a bunch of bums. They are. Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I hate to sound like Charles Barkley, but get your butt down in the box. This guy, have you, do you watch Carl Anthony Towns in the playoffs? He thinks he's Stephen Curry, the seven foot Stephen Curry. That's great that you can shoot. Wonderful. Bravo. Now get your butt down in the box and let's get some easy buckets. <laughs> yep. That's where teams who win win is when their four and five guys yeah. are downstairs, right? Yeah. It's not when they're floating around 40 feet from the hoop. Um, big loser, massive loser to me. And I don't know if you agree or disagree. Portland ships out Josh Hart, who was one of their core guys who Damian Lillard loved. And yeah, they were going to have to pay him this summer, but I think they probably could have, should have, and would have. And instead, they bring back Matisse Teibel, who can't shoot. And yes, he can defend, but they give away their best defensive player, Gary Payton II, to their arch nemesis, the Golden State Warriors, which is exactly what the Warriors needed was Gary Payton II back. What are you doing, Portland? Trade is, Damian Lillard. Is Damian Lillard not holding their feet to the fire? Is he just happy, go lucky, so. making 40, 50 million a year he must be. and being content being in there? He must be because they're not doing they're not doing anything to get to get him to any kind of well, forget championship, second round, yeah. third, you know, anything. Win a series or two. Yeah, I mean I, it's pretty amazing. He he must be he must be pretty content. And then I guess the, you know. He doesn't get any back backlash for it because the fans, you know, he's just, the fans love him, love him. and yeah. he's. I mean, he's there's a good nothing, dude. He's a cool no, dude. 
I guess that I guess that's what he wants. It just doesn't make sense to me. No. Him and Bradley Beal, both good players yeah. on bad teams. Why didn't you go kick ownership in the butt and say, "Get me out of here," or get those two crazy kids together somehow? Yes, Bradley Beal and Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard. Yes, wow, that would work. Yeah, like Portland for the umpteenth year in a row is not good enough to win a championship, and they're nowhere near the bottom where they can get a lottery pick. Right. I don't understand what y'all are doing up there, Charlotte. They're still a mess. Uh, they added Reggie Jackson, which makes no sense to me. He's but, good. He's going to win them some games where they're not going to get that number one pick. He might. He, he'll get hot one night, and he'll win a couple of them. <laughs> they already have Terry Rozier, Lamelo Ball. Like, what are y'all doing down there? You got you got three wanna, point guards. They want to play some good games of twenty one in practice. <laughs> yeah, they want to have some three point shooting contests. So. Yeah, Charlotte makes no sense to me. And the the last team I have is a loser, and I saw a lot of other people saying they're a winner, is Utah. Well, sorry, Utah, you're not. You didn't make yourself bad enough to get yourself in the bottom three. You gave away three quality players, players that I would have thought would have commanded maybe not quite a first-round pick each, but like three-quarters of one, okay? Malik Beasley, he's like not quite – he's not going to get a number one – but if you combine him with Mike Conley, that sounds like a number one pick. Possible, yeah. Jared Vanderbilt, not a number one pick in return. But if you combine him with Malik Beasley, that sounds like a number one pick. You gave away three quality players, and all you got was one pick in return. That's not good enough, and you didn't make yourself bad enough to get into the bottom three. So they stayed in no man's land like Portland. Yes. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I think we were talking about earlier, maybe they, they just won too many games. I mean, they came out the gates – um, their first twenty games, they were they were, they were rocking and rolling, hot. and maybe they just won too many games to get in those sweepstakes down sweepstakes down there with uh, you know the Spurs and Houston and Orlando. What a bummer I mean, that they that they screwed themselves in yeah. the first three weeks of the season. Yeah. Uh, last weird one to me was Pat Beverly leaving Los Angeles, going to the Magic for Mobamba. Hey Magic, what you need Patrick Beverly for? Right? Uh, is, is that a buyout waiting to happen? It has or, to be. Yeah, what is that going on? It has like, to be. And why would you give up on Mo Bamba to the Lakers when there were other teams that were like, hey, Mo Bamba might be our answer? Yeah. Like, you could have gotten something better than just a buyout and a second-round pick. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing down there. Look, I, I give a major bravo to the Spurs. Kudos to the Suns. Spurs, three first-round picks, 2024 and 2025. Those are legit three first-round picks. And they aren't going to be those uh, first-round picks. We had three last year um, where, like, they're 25th and 28th. I think these picks, these three first-round picks, will be, like, top 20 type. All three will be in the top maybe 18, 17. That will be – that's much more interesting than your second second first-round pick, 24, and your last one, 28. Yeah. Do you agree with me that the talent pool is such now for the league that – Look, there were 38 second-rounders traded yesterday. That's a record. Yeah. 38. They were throwing them away like confetti at a party. I think that's a huge mistake. Man, the, de- the, the, the talent pool has never been deeper. And I'm all for the Spurs taking, getting as many bites at the apple as, as possible. Yeah, you, if you, it's like playing the lotto to a certain extent. If, yes. you get, if you get four chances in the second round – you may get a Draymond Green. You may get a Nikola Jokic. You may Jordan get Poole. You may get one of these guys yeah. that fall all the way down there. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I completely uh, Fred agree. Van Vliet, another right. one of our guys. Right. Uh, geez, I mean, Alex Caruso. The, the league is full of these guys. 
Yeah, okay? Absolutely. And it's only filling up more with them because there's just more good players absolutely. available. I mean, I think there's going to be a third round one of these days. All right. How'd we do on our dead on our trade deadline, Bob? Do we have you thoroughly confused? Absolutely. With us NBA dorking out. Oh, absolutely. Man. All right. Going going really, really deep. What are you doing for the Super Bowl, bro? Um hang, hanging out with a friend of mine. My yeah. Gotcha. I I I'd, I won't say my nickname for him on, on air. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I'll do it off air. Uh-oh. All right. Sounds interesting. Marcus, what you got? We always do pizza and wings. It's a tr- tradition. So uh, pizza and wings. My daughter makes really good wings, or sometimes we go buy them, or it's combination. And, uh, yeah, pizza and wings is the, is the go-to do all you, the time. Do you have any prop bets, or, or do you have any locks for this Super Bowl? Because we were talking about it last week. I have never felt more unsure about who's going to win a Super Bowl than I do this year. And I've been wrong plenty of times, it's, but I, at least I was sure about who I thought was going to win. I have no clue this time around. Very hard to handicap this Super Bowl this year um, because it's a weird dynamic. I think Philadelphia has the best team. They're talking about players from in the trenches to the back end um, all over the place. I think Philadelphia is not head and shoulders, but pretty, I would say 65-35, a better team than the Chiefs. One problem with that, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. They have the best player on the on the. Almost at the court. There you go with the NBA stuff. On the field when they have the ball. So it's like, what do you do there? Because if you put Jalen Hurts in a position where he's got to win the game and you get up on him, is Jalen Hurts good enough to maybe with his shoulder thing? We don't know what's going on there. Um, they're saying it's okay, but, you know, of course that's what they're going to say. Can he win you the game? The Eagles have the best team they're going to have to get on top of the Kansas City Chiefs and make Pat Mahomes beat them from behind. Mm-hmm. And – the. Pat Mahomes has been a great quarterback in this league. He's the second best thing I've seen to Dan Marino. The only blemish on his record is, have you ever looked at his just his Super Bowl stats? They're no. horrific. No. He's like a 57% really? completion. He's like only thrown two touchdowns to four or five interceptions. He's really bad in the huh. Super Bowl. So can the Eagles make him bad again? And that's going to be the whole key. The whole key. And I think, I think that they can. I, think, I, I take that minus one and a half, and I take it reluctantly. It's something I'm not like, what's the, what are these what are the gamblers say? I'm not rushing to the window to bet, but gun to my head, I'm taking Philly because they, I think they have the best team, one through 53, except Mahomes. Yes, I and agree so, with you. And so that's, that's a dynamic that's really weird. So the Chiefs have to get up on them, and Mahomes control the game. If not, Kansas City's in trouble, and Pat Mahomes will struggle in the Super Bowl just like he's had his, his whole career in the I, Super Bowl. I lean your direction. I think the Eagles can play ball control, mm-hmm. which is something you got to do if you want to beat the Chiefs. You got to control the clock, give Mahomes the fewest number of chances you can possibly give him, fewest number of possessions in a game, keep right. him to eight or something like that, and you're going to love it, right? Uh, they can do that. Miles Sanders, a little bit of running from Jalen Hurts, some underneath stuff um, that they can throw uh, to Goddard, can keep the chains moving. I think that's a good recipe. They can also rush the passer, led the league in sacks this year. If they can get pressure to Mahomes, that is bad for just Kansas like Tampa, City. Just like Tampa Bay did, just like San Francisco did. Yep. I mean, Mahomes could be 0-2 in the Super Bowl if not for uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo crapping the bed and Kyle Shanahan crapping the bed as they normally do in big games. You're hurting Bob over Yeah, there. I mean, that, that's, what, that, that's what they do. No, well, this time it wasn't Shanahan's <laughs> fault. Uh, no, actually, it was God's fault. Actually, to be honest, you're blaming the Lord. I'm, actually, I'm still, I'm still going all the way to the top. Actually, blaming it, God. it was if if he made that call to put the backup tight end 
uh, blocking Hassan Riddick on yeah. that throw where Purdy got hurt. I guess I guess he, it was his fault. You know, <laughs> I, I guess yeah, I guess you could say it was his fault. I was gonna say it's not their fault. They they play with Josh Johnson. Well, and it was. It was his fault for not challenging that reception that, incompletion. That, that was not a reception. You, you, you know, and and his his explanation wasn't it. We couldn't see it, right? But if there's any little question, go ahead. That's so important. That was a fourth down play. The, you got to call timeout, Bob. The, yeah, you got to call no, timeout. No, no, I get you, and that's what home field advantage gives you is they don't put that replay up on the big screen right away. Should have been better with his staff up in the press box. Yeah. And the other key was that receiver got up. Went right to the line, said, snap the ball, snap gave, the ball, snap the, the ball. He the secret signal with his fists <clears throat> of like, hey, boys, I didn't catch that. We need to get this play off really fast. And if and if that challenge goes down, the butterfly effect happens, and Riddick doesn't come around the edge and hit Purdy on his elbow and give him a big owie. Yeah, I mean, Shanahan's Nips and butts. Shanahan has to call timeout right there as soon as he sees yep. uh, Devontae Smith. But it doesn't matter. Lose a timeout, it's worth it. If it was a second down play, I, I wouldn't be bad mouthing Shannon. That was a fourth and three, if you remember. I get it. And no, I remember. It, and that was a seven point turnaround. Yep. Right yep. off the bat. Yep. So yeah, that that yeah. And but I was just gonna tell you that as we look at the Super Bowl, I have one prop. Uh, and I gave it out earlier this week, but I'm gonna give it to you, man to man, right here. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco has been on the come up for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they have found out that they don't need Jarek McKinnon as much as they used to, to be the back out of the backfield, uh, swing, swing patterns, uh, 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 wheel routes, et cetera, for, the, for running backs. Over one and a half for Isaiah Pacheco receptions and over 14 and a half yards total receiving. For That's Isaiah. what it is? Yes. Yes, he might get that in the first drive. He might get it on the first play. That doesn't make any sense. It's, that's where it is. One thing that Pacheco does, the Eagles' defense is really good. They're nasty, right? So what do you do to them? you, you got to run violently. Pacheco runs violently. Have yeah. you watched him run? Oh, yeah. He don't give a damn. No. He is going to – He's strong and he's you, fast. You, you, and so he runs violently. He, put, he'll, he will put pressure – uh, on the Eagles' defense, they got to get that screen game going, and I think McKinnon also will get. This is going to be a hard, this is going to be a hard hitting game when you when you sit out for two when when you don't when you have a a buy in between Super Bowls. Those are usually the more hard hitting Super Bowls. They're nasty, yeah, because and, everybody's fresh. Yeah, you're looking at a Philadelphia Eagles that love to rush with just four, so they push hard straight up the field, which means nobody's sitting back at the line of right. scrimmage taking a, a peek out to the perimeter for backs who might be out there. Yeah. you got a chance to chip those defensive ends, roll out, get your little check downs to Pacheco and McKinnon. I think both of those guys are going to have big, busy nights. You mentioned earlier what the Eagles must do to win the Super Bowl, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. There's a famous Super Bowl 25, the Whitney Houston Bowl. Uh, Bill Parcells with the New York Giants did that to Jim Kelly in the K-Gun offense, Buffalo. Uh, he, he kept Jim Kelly off the field. Uh, he, they had the last drive of the game. Then they got the ball to start yeah, the second o. half. O.J. Anderson? Yeah, O.J. Anderson was MVP. They, they got the ball to start the second half. They ended the half with the ball. Then the halftime goes on for 30, 45 minutes. Jim Kelly didn't touch the ball for like an hour and 45 minutes wow. during, uh, of regular time. Yes. And, 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 and as, the, as the, they say in the history, that, that really actually hurt the K-Gun offense. They weren't yeah, in that's rhythm. Like icing they, the they, quarterback. Right. They, they didn't hit – Something similar, you know, could happen to uh, that. That you keep the ball, keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. And you mentioned to me prop bets earlier. Yeah. I think a couple of slam dunk prop bets for the Philadelphia Eagles is over 143 yards rushing for the game, mm. the entire game. Mm. 
They go on a long drive, the first drive, a 75-yard drive, and they get 60 yards rushing. Hell, that's almost half the 143 right there on the first drive sure. of the game. I think it's a slam dunk. Philadelphia Eagles, uh, 143 yards rushing over, right? I like it. Um, 30 attempts of rushing. Uh, that's that's over. Over. And so uh, those are two, I think, that are slam dunk. Um, the other one is go to the defense. It's only two and a half sacks for Mahomes. Um, I think the Eagles will end up with at least three to four sacks, and that that's 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 on the low end. If they're two and a half from behind, he's going to have to drop back a ton, two especially and late in the game. That opens up, you know, late in the second quarter, late in the fourth quarter, easy sacks come around. I don't have to tell Bob this. They they come at you. The Eagles defense comes oh, yeah. at you, and and two and a half sacks to me. I think you take you you, you get to the window on that one. Yeah, yeah it's at least three, yeah. and that that that's 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 putting it. That's that's the the mild one. Um. The other one is rushing touchdowns for the Eagles, one and a half. I think oh, they get two. Over. Yeah. So Absolutely. there's four. Rushing touchdowns, one and a half. Sacks, two and a half. Yardage for the entire game for the Eagles, rushing. 143 rushing yardage. And uh, 30, 30, 30, 30 and a half rushing attempts. Those four prop bets, I think you take to the bank. Thanks, Marcus. I enjoyed being with you, brother. Yes, hey, man, join us next <laughs> week on The Unrestricted. We get to talk some Super Bowl, you know, kind of rehash what happened. It's going to be a good one. Yep. I hope it's going to be a great one. I hope it's going to be a great one, but I also hope that the Eagles are utterly humiliated. God, you are just so bitter. <laughs> Consistent. Consistently bitter. <laughs> Go blame God. Get See you, boys. Right. How y'all feel out there? Do you feel good? I said, do you feel good? Come on. The groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. I said, the groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. It feel good, don't it? It feel good. Uh-huh. It feel good, cause you know it's good.